Jesus said, be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Prayer is an act of expectation. When we pray, we trust that God hears us and we expect that God will answer us because this is who God is. And this is the kind of relationship God wants with us. And when you are in a relationship with someone, you talk with them, whether it is with words spoken out loud or with a knowing look or a gentle touch offered silently. When you are in a relationship with someone, we long to be connected with the other, to know them and to be known by them, to share what is on our hearts. So we speak and we listen. This is the kind of relationship God wants with us. And so we pray. We share our hearts, the the uncontainable joys, the uncertain longings, the heavy griefs. We pray for healing. We, We pray for forgiveness and for reconciliation. We pray in praise and thanksgiving. And we pray for patience and protection, for provision and peace for others and for ourselves. And when we pray, our expectation is that God hears us and God answers us. I remember a prayer I used to pray. I guess I would have been four or five years old. And I must have been inspired by reruns of the old black and white George Reeves TV show and the Saturday morning animated Super Friends. Because I remember more than once sitting on the floor of my living room and praying to be able to fly like Superman. And then I would climb up on the arm of the couch and jump off, Superman style, onto the cushions. I know, deep stuff to be praying about. Now, it might surprise you to learn I was never able to fly like Superman. More like Aquaman. And in my four-year-old mind, I think I figured God did not hear my prayer. Well, it was only years later that I realized God did, in fact, not only hear my prayer, but he also answered it. When I prayed to be able to fly like Superman, God didn't ignore me. He said no. (laughs) God answers prayers. And the kind of answers God gives are not always the answers we want, but the answers we need. They are words of salvation and liberation and transformation and new life. And the most powerful word of all is the one who has come and who will come again. It is God's word who makes good on God's promises. 
the Savior. This is our Advent hope. This is the promise we live with and long for. And so we pray. And then we wait for God's answer expectantly. Like the people of Jesus' day, they too had been waiting. They had been waiting for years for the Messiah. They had been waiting for God's chosen one to come and to come quickly to free them from their bondage. And what they were in bondage to, not only, but largely, was political and economic oppression. They were poor. They were hungry. They were ill. They were downtrodden, and they needed to be liberated. They needed to be liberated from the Romans who were occupying their land. The general population needed to be liberated from a religious establishment that convinced them their poverty was a sign of God's judgment. They needed to be liberated from all that was keeping them down. They wanted their lives to be transformed. They wanted the world to be transformed. Lord, come, they cried. Come and transform us. And Lord, come quickly. And then Jesus spoke these words. There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. The Son of Man will come in a cloud with power and great glory. So be on guard. These are words of warning to those who have all the power. Warning that the Son of Man will show you what true power is. And these are words of hope to those who have none of the power. Hope that your redemption is drawing near. And to everybody, the powerful and the powerless, they are words of of promise. The day is coming. So be alert. Be prepared. Get yourselves ready. And then after Jesus spoke these words, time passed. Jesus was crucified. This was confusing. We thought he was the answer to our prayers. We thought Jesus was the Messiah. The people were concerned. We thought he was going to bring regime change and the Roman government would be toppled. We thought the temple would be cleansed and the religious establishment would be made holy again. We thought he was going to flex his muscles and show the world his power and glory. And looking around at all the brokenness, the downtrodden act, they asked, where is his promised kingdom? And then, Jesus came back from the dead. Ah, here is the answer. Now it is coming with Jesus' resurrection. The new day is here. The new day is here, and we are ready. But it didn't exactly happen that way. Jesus had said, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. 
But then one, two, three generations passed. Luke wrote his gospel account 40, 50, 60 years after Jesus spoke these words. And the believers were still waiting. They were still waiting and now praying more and more urgently, come, Lord Jesus. Come to us. Come here and make everything right. Show your power now. We've waited long enough. And things haven't gotten any better here. The government's still lousy. The church is still crooked. And now we are being threatened because of our faith. Not just downtrodden, but persecuted. So Jesus, hurry up. Hurry up already and come quickly. And so with today's gospel text, Luke reminds them, he reminds the early church of Jesus' words, the day is coming soon. Be on guard. Don't let your hearts be weighed down with worry. Don't get caught up in worldly worries because you will miss God's kingdom, and it is on its way. Be ready. And so they prepared. They prepared themselves for God's kingdom and for Jesus' imminent arrival. And time passed. And yet more generations came and went. And here we are, 100 generations removed from Jesus' day. And even though many of us pray, even crying out, Come, Lord Jesus, come. Even though we pray, we maybe aren't so concerned about his coming. We're pretty sure it's not happening anytime soon. And probably wisely, we're not going to get caught up in those last day's predictions. So instead of standing up and raising our heads, as Jesus encourages, we just keep our heads down, going about our business and just trying to make the best of things here. But the less we think about Christ's coming again, the less we think about Christ present with us, the more our hearts are weighed down with the worries of the world. All too often, we turn from God in order to put our trust in so many other things that have no power to save. Today begins the season of Advent. This is a season of preparation. This is the season we prepare for the arrival of our Savior here among us, his birth and his coming again. But how much do we really do to prepare? We may count the days until Christmas. We may ready ourselves for parties and presents. But how much do we do to get ourselves ready for the coming of our Savior. Ready or not, he will be born. God has taken on flesh and lived among us. 
and he will come again. And he is making all things new. But the less we prepare ourselves, the less likely we will be able to receive him. And the less likely we will be able to see him right now in our midst. Are you prepared? I'm not talking about being holy enough or being somehow perfect or even being deserving because honestly, we are none of those things. We don't have our lives together. But we can still be prepared. We can be open. We can be alert. We can be expectant. Jesus wants us to be prepared in order to see and feel and experience his presence in your life. Jesus wants you to be prepared to be transformed. And so we end where we began, in prayer. We pray, come, Lord Jesus Come. And as we do, the invitation is to stop and look and listen because your prayer is being answered. Amen.